Well, hello, my lovely friends, and welcome to episode 109 of the Movement and Mindfulness podcast. Today, I want to talk all about the fine line between inspiration and a guilt and shame spiral. We're going to talk about why looking to how other people do things can be really helpful as long as it's not kind of leading us down that spirally path. So we are going to dive into that topic in just a sec. Hi, and welcome to the Movement and Mindfulness podcast with me, Erica Webb of Erica Webb Yoga and Pilates. In this podcast, I, along with my guests, will explore what it means to move as an act of self-kindness and self-discovery. We'll look at the ways movement, mindset, and mindfulness support us to be and do the things we so desire in the world. I truly believe that movement has the ability to expand our capacity to show up for the things that are important to us. And I'm here to help you embrace the idea of movement as a powerful tool for wellness, rather than just another thing you think you should be doing. I'm thrilled you're here. Let's do this. All right. So today we're going to talk all about, as I said, the fine line between inspiration and a guilt and shame spiral. And this is really a fine line. I said it's a fine line and I want to just sort of make that really clear. It's a really fine line. And what I'm talking about here is like how other people fit in their movement practice, how other people make movement work in their lives. And we see this all the time on social media where people are like, the answer is to get up at 5am and do your morning routine. And my morning routine only takes me 90 minutes. And, um, you know, I have this perfect way of doing the thing and all you have to do is follow my lead. And whilst I think that it is really helpful to see how other people do things, because it can inspire us to think, you know what, maybe I'll try that and, and, and see how it works. There is a missing sort of point in all of that that what works for you might not work for me and that that's okay. I, <laughs> this is unrelated, but kind of related. I have really, really hesitated and, and been very reluctant to read anything that, you know, purports to teach me about parenting. I have got like a massive block um, about reading parenting books and, and parenting things because I don't really want to be told how to do it. And I think um, that doesn't mean that I can't use some help, to be sure. But I, I have this resistance, right, to being told there's this way to do it and you, you need to do that because I know that I am very easily prone to feeling like I'm getting something wrong if I'm not doing it the way that somebody else is doing it. I experience this in my movement practice. I experience this in my the way I run my business. You know, there's all these things that you just think, am I doing this right? Is this how other people do it? And so we have this very natural desire to watch how other people do things and to, you know, kind of almost validate that, you know, we're doing it okay. And so what can happen is when we see how other people are kind of putting together their their lives and their movement movement practice and fitting it in, we can think that their way is better than ours. And that unless we live up to that, that we're doing it wrong and that we're, you know, failing. And I think that, you know, the onus is really on on us as individuals to figure out what works for us. So, you know, those people who are saying like the answer is to get up at 5am and fit everything in to those, you know, hour or two hours before the rest of the household wakes up, that they're saying that because it works for them. And that is totally okay. That's totally legitimate. 
there might be other people who that suits really well. But does it mean that if you don't do it that way, that you're doing it wrong? Totally not. I had an interesting exchange with one of the um, members inside my Mindful Movement virtual studio. And this member joined us for an evening class, like late afternoon evening class. And she messaged me later and said, you know, I actually realized I don't particularly like practicing at that time of day. So I think I'll try a morning class next time. And for other people, you know, that is like the perfect time for them. They love that time to move their body. And it was another one of those examples of just going, yeah, there is no one size fits all here. This, we can't kind of assume that what works for somebody else is the best thing for us. And so, you know, the onus is on us to figure it out, which is either very liberating or kind of scary because sometimes it's just nice to have somebody say, we'll just do this and all will be well. Um, so I've sort of titled this episode, the fine line between inspiration and a shame and guilt spiral, because I think the line is quite fine. I think that looking to the way that other people do things is a great idea because sometimes there will be things that we think, oh, I never even thought about that. I never even thought about doing that. And we can try it. I think where we get stuck is when we believe that that must be the only way. And then when it doesn't work for us, we make ourselves the problem rather than realizing that, oh, actually, maybe that just wasn't the right way. Maybe that just wasn't the best fit. So what I want to um, point out in this process as well, or in this conversation is some realities. You know, this is all very well and good to say, okay, well, we have to take the, the onus of responsibility and we have to figure this out for ourselves. It's going to take some trial and error. Um, but I want to kind of go through a couple of things that are sort of like reality checks um, as we think about how we do this, right? Because it's one thing to say, here's how you do it, or sorry, here's what we kind of like need to do, quote unquote, um, and actually figuring out how we do it. Usually that's the bit where we come undone because we're like, okay, I get it, but how do I do that? Um So reality number one is that we want to make it simple, but it will not be easy. If we are trying to do something like incorporate a movement routine or a movement um, session or exercising into our day and into our life, and we're wanting to do that in a way that we're not currently doing it, then by, you know, just the laws of, of being human, it is not going to be easy. Because be, what is easy is staying the same. That is always going to be the path, path of least resistance. Our brains love consistency. They love to just keep doing the same thing. And so changing is not easy, but we can make it simple. So one thing that I will say is that when we look to other people for inspiration and we think, okay, well, they're getting up at 5 a.m., you know, maybe is that what I should be doing? I know I'm using that example a lot because it's just probably one of the easier ones, but, you know, we might look at that and go, well, is that what's going to work for me? And we might think, well, getting up at 5am is literally impossible. I go to bed at one, so I can't get up at five. That's crazy. So that wouldn't be making it simple, right? And it's certainly not going to be easy, but we might look at it and go, okay, well, um, actually that does simplify my life because then I don't have to worry about what to do with the kids. I don't have to worry about, um, you know, finding extra time in my calendar, et cetera, et cetera. It's actually easy for me to go to bed an hour earlier so that I can get up an hour earlier as well. Um, 
but it still isn't going to be easy. So we can't kind of like, um, what am I trying to say? We can't confuse it being challenging with it not being a good fit. I'm going to say that again, just in case my words didn't really quite come out the way I wanted to. We can't confuse something feeling challenging with it not being a good fit because all of the options are probably going to be challenging in some way because it's different to what we're doing now. So this is where I think sometimes it feels really tricky and this is where it can also feel tricky um, on our yoga mat and in our movement practice because something can be ultimately kind, something can ultimately work for us, something can ultimately um, lead us in the direction of where we want to be and how we want to feel, and it can still feel really challenging. But there is a difference between something feeling challenging and something feeling punishing and something feeling like, actually, this is making things too hard. So we have this opportunity and we have this responsibility, I suppose, to just be very curious, to to, to kind of like dive into the subtleties of this stuff. And that can be uncomfortable in and of itself because it's like, well, but just tell me what to do. <laughs> and it's like, well, unfortunately, it's not that easy. So recognizing that, you know, what's easy is staying the same. It will be challenging to change. But challenge itself isn't necessarily a sign that it's not a good fit. So I think when we go into it, into it, sort of like realizing, yeah, there's going to be resistance. What we can do then is we can make it simple, make what we can make simple, simple, so that that resistance is easier to move beyond. There's a um, quote from James Clear's book, um, Atomic Habits, and I'm, I haven't got the book in front of me, so I'm just like rem- remembering this. Um, so apologies if I don't get it quite right. But he says something along the lines of make it so easy that it's hard to say no. And you know, so this is where that example of getting up at 5am again, if that feels so hard that you can say no to that really easily, then probably that's not the right choice, right? Some ways that we make things simpler is, or, or easier or more appealing is to like, oh, but I've got my friend waiting for me at 5.05. So that's going to make it easier for me to get up or going, no, actually 5am is, is, is a rubbish idea for me. I'm going to do it at 9am or whatever it might be. But how do we make the simple or how do we make some parts of it so simple that we can move beyond the resistance with more ease? doesn't mean that the resistance won't exist. It just simply means that we can move beyond it a little bit easier. The other reality that I want to point out is that it's okay to try something and decide that it's not right. We might call that failing, but I mean, really, it's not failing. It's a success in the sense that we've figured out something that doesn't work for us. Um, So as an example, I've talked about on the podcast before, I get up most mornings, although at the time of recording this, I don't think I have done it for about three weeks because we've had school holidays and um, things, but um, more times than not, I get up really early and I go for a walk with a girlfriend. And, um, that works for me at the moment. It was just as likely though, that that wasn't going to work. Or, I mean, it probably wasn't just as likely, but there was a chance that that wasn't going to work for us long-term. And we could so easily have said, eh, let's not bother because what if we don't stick with it? But we tried it, it did work and we've continued. But 
even if we had tried it and we were like, actually, this doesn't work for us, we've lost nothing. We just know that, okay, at this point in time, that is not my best choice. So sometimes I think that we we sort of stop ourselves from trying because we think, well, what if it doesn't work or what if it doesn't stick or what if it's not right? And I've talked about this on a previous episode of like, you know, sometimes we get in our way before we even begin. And so it's actually okay to change the plan. Um, If you're trying to incorporate more movement into your life, anything, you know, is going to be worth a shot. Anything is going to be worth exploring because more movement is a good thing. Oh, can you hear those beautiful birds? Um, Some really lovely birds just flying past my window. Um, But anything is going to be is going to be better than nothing. And it's fine to change your mind. I don't know why we think that we can't change our mind. I know I certainly go through those moments too, where it's like, well, I've been doing it this way, so we're just going to continue. Um, it's fine to, to make a decision that what worked for you before uh, no longer works for you now. So they're sort of two realities that I think are really important to keep in mind when you're sort of walking that fine line between getting inspiration from how other people do it, um, but not falling into a guilt and shame spiral if the way that they do it doesn't work for you. Um, I wanted to give a few more examples of some of the things that you might get inspiration from um, and then try, tweak, put on the shelf, carry on, um, depending on, you know, what works for you. So, I've talked about this, you know, kind of like this miracle of the morning routine. I know loads of people, particularly in the health and wellness space, that swear by a 5 a.m. wake up or a 4.30 a.m. wake up even. There's nothing you could do to get me up at 4.30 in the morning um, to do exercise unless it was me walking to, you know, my car to go and get on a plane to go on a holiday. I would love that right now. But generally speaking, I know you could give me lots of evidence. I'm still not going to get up at 4.30 in the morning to do exercise. Um, but for some people, that is life. That is amazing. That is exactly what works for them. And they have a whole routine that they work through. Fantastic. Other people, you know, swear by sort of stacking their habits with something else. So um, they might, um, I'm trying to think of a good example here, but the one that pops to mind isn't probably a really good example of stacking, but, you know, finish work at five o'clock and there's a, a, a gym at the at the office and you just, you know, that work's finished. I go into the gym and I do my exercise um, or cycling to work or doing those sorts of things where you've got that, um, you know, it's just, it's just a given. It's just what happens. That works really, really well for some people. But I also have a friend who feels kind of like restricted by that sort of model where they're like, no, you won't tell me what to do, when to do it. I will do it when I want, where I want, how I want. And so what works for them is to kind of like wing it. And they know that they'll get it done, but they'll do it when they feel like it on that day. I'm a little bit like that too, actually. I do my morning walk fairly routinely, but all of my other movement happens in little bites throughout the day. Um, And that works really, really well for me. Um, I probably could have more structure, But then I have to question, is that because I think I should or because it would make it easier? And I'm still toying with that. Uh, The other thing that works for some people is putting it in their diary, actually scheduling it in as a meeting. Um, That will work amazingly well for some people. It won't work at all for others. 
So you can sort of see how, and, and maybe, you know, one of these things kind of jumps out at you is like, yeah, that's the way that works for me too. What I really want to make abundantly clear in this episode is that your way isn't wrong. If it's working for you, if it's, if it's moving you in the direction of how you want to feel, it is not wrong. Even if it doesn't match up with what the influences, you know, that you follow on Instagram do, that's fine. Let them do what works for them and let yourself do what works for you. The last thing I'll say about this is that, you know, we also can keep figuring it out over time. I am still figuring this out. As I said, I know at the moment that winging it mostly works for me, but there's also some like, I'm sort of trying to do some rehab stuff on my knee that I've keep, have hurt multiple times, um, snow skiing. Um, and I probably could do with more structure around that. Not because I think I should, although this is where I always kind of have to t- t- like explore a little bit and like, eh, what am I, how am I talking to myself about this? Um, but because I really want to see some progress, um, I want to feel a different way. And, and what I'm doing right now possibly isn't as effective to get me there as, as it could be. Um, and so it's okay to be in the act of constantly figuring things out. There is no real final destination. I think I spent most of my 20s and a lot of my 30s thinking like, one day I'll get this all figured out and then it will be easy. And it's like, no, that isn't really a thing. I, I The older I get, the more I realise that most adults are constantly just trying to figure things out. Um, and yet we have this belief, we watch other people and we think, well, they must have it figured out because, you know, that's, that's the, that's what we get shown. Um, but I really think that we're all in a constant state of, of figuring it out and that's okay. I think when we expect that we should know that we should have some finite, um, okay, this is it, then it becomes harder to be responsive to the way that life changes, to the way that we change, because suddenly instead of, you know, adjusting and tweaking what we're doing to fit where we're at, we get stuck in this guilt and this shame and start to feel bad about ourselves. And ultimately, you know, if you've been listening to to the podcast or following me over on social media for any length of time, you'll know that my my motto, my catch cry, my, my why is self-kindness. And that comes from a very genuine place of having been particularly unkind to myself for a really long time. So, you know, I, I think it always comes back to that for me. Um, how do we navigate this desire to have more movement in our lives, to, to feel the way that we want to feel? How do we navigate that with kindness? And it's absolutely not by getting stuck in that guilt and shame of, but they get up at 5am and I can't do it. And so I'm the worst. No, just find the way that works for you um, and allow it to change. Give it permission to, to take up space and to, to, to shift and to mold and to, um, to alter as we move through our lives. Um, every day we get to choose every day. And so we don't have to have one way that works forever. Um, for sure, there is absolute value in structure and, and stability and um, routine as my kids go back to school for um, after lockdown and, and school holidays and things. I mean, God, I'm loving routine right now because, you know, it's amazing. Um, but, you know, if, if, if time hasn't shown us anything else, it's shown us that we have to 
to be able to adapt. Um, and I think that the way that we fit more movement into our life can adapt with us as well. All right. So that's it. That's all I really wanted to talk about today. Um, one thing I will say is that this process of figuring out what works for you, as well as being the how, um, like how do I actually fit it in? A, a bigger, a big piece of it as well is the what, right? So this can apply to, oh, but this person thinks that running is the best thing, and that person thinks that yoga is the best thing, and that person thinks that somatics is the best thing, and that person thinks that hits the best thing. It's the same, right? It's the same. Hit might be the best thing for your best friend Joe, and yoga might be the best thing for you. It or a combination of all of these things might be wonderful. So same ideas apply. What actually works for you? Can you get like close enough to yourself, close enough to noticing what is true for you to let that be your guide rather than what everybody else has figured out is best for them? Because, (laughs) you know, we don't even know, have they figured out what's best for them or are they also skating that fine line between inspiration and guilt? So just something to think about. And of course, if you want support to figure these things out, um, to figure out how do I incorporate more movement into my life and how do I find the movement that works for me, um, I may as well, you know, plug my my one-on-one work. Um, I always feel funny doing so, but I'm going to do it anyway, because I know that I can help you with that if that is something that you're struggling with. Um, when I work with people one-on-one, we're often working with uh, very specific, I guess, challenges that that people are having. They might be experiencing really chronic shoulder tension or hip tension or low back tension, um, just experiencing reduction in mobility or, or function, um, or perhaps just not feeling the way that they want to feel in their body and, and looking for support to feel better. Um, and part of that process is figuring out like, what, what does your movement practice? What could it look like? How could it fit into your life? Um, and we work on all of that together. Um, I conduct all of those, those sessions, um, via zoom. So you could actually be anywhere, which is really cool. Um, and in the comfort of your own space, which I think is really important for, um, for a lot of us just to feel comfortable in our body as we explore. So if that is something that you would like support with, um, I will pop the link in my in the show notes for how to find out more about it. But you can head to my website, which is just ericawebyoga.com.au, um, and there is a, a link there to one-on-one or private sessions. And of course, you can come over and find me on Instagram and send me a DM with questions. I'm always really happy to hear from you. Um, and thank you to – there's been a couple of recent um, reviews and ratings over on Apple Podcasts. And – Gosh, it really makes my day when I see those. Sometimes, as I've said so many times, um, talking into a a microphone to a blank screen, um, you know, you just hope that people are picking up what you're putting down. So I am super grateful for the reviews that have been left and the ratings that have been left. And if you would be um, willing, I would absolutely love for you to leave one too. You can do that over on Apple Podcasts. All right. That is enough from me. I hope that you are having an awesome day. I hope that you are, you know, moving into the the rest of your day, um, being kind to that wonderful self of yours. I will look forward to talking to you next week. And next week, I actually have got my somatics teacher on the podcast, Lisa Peterson. Oh, such an absolute joy to talk to her. I got a little emotional because she has just meant so much to me um, and really has impacted my life in, in 
amazing ways. Um, So that is coming next week and I can't wait to share it with you. Until then, take care, keep being kind and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the Movement and Mindfulness podcast. I hope you loved it. And if you did, maybe share it with a friend who would love it too. And I'd also be so grateful if you'd take the time to subscribe, rate and review the show. It makes such a difference to get that feedback. And if you're over on social media, why not come and find me? You'll find me at Erica Web Yoga on both Instagram and Facebook. And over on my website, you'll find access to some free resources, including free classes that will help you to move well, feel well, and most importantly, move with kindness. Over there, you'll also find more information about joining me inside the Mindful Movement Virtual Studio, which is my home of kind movement, yoga, Pilates, and somatics to help you move well, feel well, and all with kindness. Until next time, I hope you're having a great day. I'll talk to you again soon.